The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Before we start the show, we wanted to say thank you to Ruback Fine Jewelry for their support of the AP Laboratory throughout the regular season. They've been a great partner all year long, and we loved being able to help a local business. It's a very busy time for proposals. And if you're in the market, your first call needs to be Hal Pollock of Ruback Fine Jewelry. Whatever kind of custom fine jewelry you're looking for, Hal is the guy that you need to talk to. You just set up an appointment with him and you'll have the full floor and Hal's attention at your disposal. He'll explain as little or as much about the jewelry making process as you want to know. If you've been to a big box store recently to shop, compare what Ruback can get you for the same price. I promise you that you'll be able to get more with Hal. If you want to learn more about Ruback and what to expect when you shop with him, go on their Instagram and you'll find tons of people who had a phenomenal experience working with a company that's been serving KC since 1908. Search for Ruback Fine Jewelry KC to get more firsthand experiences with a great local company. Set up your appointment by going to ruback.co slash appointments or the link in their bio on their Instagram page. Let's start a divisional round episode of the AP Laboratory. It's the time we've all been waiting for here in Kansas City. Your Kansas City Chiefs are playing a playoff game against the Cleveland Browns on Sunday for a chance to go to the AFC Championship game, a place that we don't know any different with Patrick LeVon Mahomes as your quarterback. And it is the game preview edition. We're so excited. I can feel the energy. I don't know if Craig can feel the energy, but Maddie Lane, do you feel the energy? Guys, I want to let you know a little secret. Starting in about week two, I just count down the days until we get to this point, and I just kind of sleepwalk through the rest of the regular season because, I mean, like Kent said, we know nothing but AFC Championship games now. So I check out come week two. I'm back here now. I'm ready. I am finally, like, super excited to just talk about everything that is a matchup that the Chiefs have coming up. Maybe I got, like, halfway to this point when the Chiefs were playing the Buccaneers during the regular season. That's about the only game I cared about to talk about the X's and O's because, quite frankly, the Chiefs are that good. So this is a fun game. It's against the Browns, so eh. But, Craig, you can try to match Kent's energy if you'd like to, but I'm going to let you do it your own Renaissance Man way. Okay, let me let me put on my Renaissance Man hat here real quick. 
Maddie's just like the Chiefs. He stopped trying in week two. And guess what? <laughs> he still won. Um, still, they still won 93% of their games when they had Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You know, whatever. No, it's awesome. This is when it matters. This is when it counts. I think you're going to see the most locked-in version of this team that you have all year long. I think you're going to see a team that starts and finishes games in the playoffs here. So I think all these narratives that we've built up to this point do not matter anymore. This is when it starts for the Chiefs. And this is when the run it back really goes in earnest. I am very excited to get into this. I am very excited to see what this team is made of in the playoffs. Guys, you can't spell run it back without Ruback. It's true. Just so you know. Uh, yeah, you know, an old an old coach is saying the hay's in the barn. Everything this team has worked for the last 17 weeks, you know, every opportunity they've had to get better to make adjustments to their football team to try to make those improvements are for this moment everything has led to the playoffs and the chiefs are three games away from being back-to-back super bowl champions and it starts this week against the cleveland browns and we have three storylines on offense and defense it's been a while since we did this because week 17 the chiefs are so good that we didn't really do a, a traditional game preview so it's been a while just a little, a small flex there because our, our our beloved Kansas City Chiefs are that good. But let's start on offense uh, because that's why this football team is going to win a Super Bowl is because of their offense. And I think this is a very important note to start off with. And this is the first point. I think the Chiefs have to start fast. This is this is a game specifically with a team that can run the football, that can limit the number of possessions in the game and force margin for error and put a little bit pressure on the Chiefs if they don't start fast. I think it's important for this team to get out, especially considering the long break that they've had. They've got to get out the gates quick, put some pressure on the Cleveland Browns, and make this game uninteresting fast. If they are able to go out and execute at a high level early, if they aren't you know, uh, taken aback by the speed of a playoff game, you know, the desperation that you feel, uh, you know, on both sides of the football. If they just get right back into the swing of things like they were back in the Super Bowl, you know, I think this is going to be a good thing for this football team. I think they can start fast. They can put a lot of pressure on the Browns to try to play catch up from Jump Street. That could be really, really good for the Chiefs. Yeah, the best way to take away the Browns' best attribute on the entire team is to get out ahead of them and get out ahead of them early. Force them to abandon the game plan and have to get into a shootout with the Chiefs because they frankly can't hang. So it is imperative that this team come out and execute at a high level right off the bat. We've seen it in some big games this year. There's been a couple of big games, Saints, Buccaneers, the the Ravens, the Bills. The Chiefs seem to move the ball a little more effortlessly than they have in some of these other games i expect we are going to see a game plan that's dialed up to really attack what the browns do on defense and really get the ball to the playmakers tyree kill travis kelsey you know i expect a lot of early scoring from the chiefs offense i expect possession after possession of early scoring to get out to a big lead. I just think that they want to put their foot down immediately in this game because it just means so much more for them to do that this week than it has some of the other weeks in the past. And for all the narrative, because we've seen it as Chiefs fans, the Chiefs start slow and things like that. They're still top 10 in the NFL in points and average points in the first quarter. Cleveland, 
outside of the top 10, just worth noting. So they don't start that slow compared to the rest of the NFL. You even flip it over to Cleveland's defense, they're right around middle of the pack in terms of their average points given up in the first quarter as well. So just in terms of the matchup, the analytics going into it, you have the Chiefs score more points per average in the first quarter than the Browns are giving up. Like both, it's a good matchup for the Chiefs the way it breaks down. You expect them to start fast if you're looking at this. We're about to get into a little bit more of like why you expect the Chiefs offense to have success right off the bat. But like I said, from the get-go, you have a team that's top 10 in the NFL in scoring points in the first quarter versus a defense that's just average. They're middle of the pack in terms of how many points they let up. The Chiefs should get out to a good start. The Browns on the season have not averaged more points. They shouldn't get a jump out to a lead. So as long as the Chiefs can play from ahead offensively, I think that leaves everything open. If the Chiefs are going to go out and have success early and have success throughout the game, it's probably going to be attacking the middle of the field and deep. Right, Maddie? Yes. So I have some stats for everybody here, so just buckle on up here. Oh. You have some stats? I'm so- you, do you mean Matalytics? Yeah, dialed in, get the phone number out. We're calling in Matalytics. So over the Browns' last five games in which their opponents didn't rest their starters, so we're throwing out the Week 17 game, They've given up over the middle of the field. It's 66 completion percentage and eight and a half yards per target. On the season, Patrick Mahomes is sitting around a 64% completion percentage at 8.8 yards per target. That's pretty right spot on his average. That's not very good in the NFL. Over the the entire, all over the field, the Browns have given up only 6.8 yards per target. Their defense over the middle of the field, their pass defense is terrible. It's even worse when you start looking deep. They give up a 36 or 33% completion percentage going deep. That ends up in the bottom 10 of the NFL at 11.1 yards per target. So yeah, you're not completing a lot of passes when you throw deep against the Browns, but when you do, you're still picking up over 10 yards every single time you attempt to throw the ball. Patrick Mahomes has been fantastic throwing the ball deep, especially to the right side all season long. It's just two areas on the field where you would expect the Chiefs to be able to exploit you go back and look at what the Steelers were able to do. They found success throwing the Juju Smith-Schuster, Eric Ebron, when he decided to catch the football over the middle of the field. Tyree Kill's been the best receiver catching deep passes on the right-hand side of the offense for whatever reason. Patrick Mahomes has been excellent throwing deep to the right-hand side. The Browns' defense has given up four touchdowns in their last five games just on deep passes. No interceptions, four touchdowns. I think you would expect to see the Chiefs try to air the ball out a little bit, attack over the middle of the field. They have the personnel advantage, and the numbers just seem to back it up. Sometimes things like that just align with you pretty well. Yeah, uh, the Brown safeties are not particularly great, and none of them is particularly good deep. Like, I, I saw a tweet earlier today, and I can't remember who, I, or else I would give it full credit, but it's not mine. But somebody said... They have a bunch of like nickel safety linebacker types and they're playing safety for this team. They're not playing and they're all playing deep safety as well. That leaves. I think that might have been Doug Farrar. I think it was Doug Farrar. I think yes. our guy Doug Our guy Farrar. Doug, yes. So I, that's a situation where the Chiefs are going to have some space underneath from some safeties that need to be giving more space when they're playing deep. They have to align deeper so Travis Kelsey can eat in the middle of the field a little bit more. They also don't have great sideline to sideline range so you can put Tyreek Hill on the boundary and have him run those vertical routes and know that if they're in single high, the Chiefs are going to get the matchup that they want over the top. So 
it is a situation where the Browns are not very good at it. They are 29th in DVOA in deep passes and third down completions and in passes to tight ends. All three of those things. And all three of those things are things that the Chiefs offense does ridiculously well. It is a weakness for the Browns against a strength for the Chiefs. So I expect them to really do damage in those spots. Maddie, you said the the Browns' last five games, excluding Week 17. Does that include the playoff game? It does. Okay, so the basically and statistically, you're saying the last five weeks, the Browns' defense has given up a stat line similar to Patrick Mahomes' just total stat line in the middle of the field, correct? Yeah, Patrick Mahomes' general averages align up perfectly with what the Browns have been giving up both over the middle of the field and deep over their last five games. Okay, so this let's just work with me for a second here. The Browns have turned Ben Roethlisberger, Sam Darnold, Colt McCoy, Lamar Jackson, and Ryan Tannehill in their aggregate into Patrick Mahomes the last five weeks in the middle of the field. Think about Are that. Are you about to get even worse? Ryan Tannehill alone was 13 of 14 for 166 yards throwing over the middle of the field. I I also, to be clear, this is beyond the line of scrimmage. None of these are behind the line of scrimmage throws. Ryan Tannehill went 13 of 14 for 166 yards throwing past the line of scrimmage over the middle of the field against this Cleveland Browns team. All right. Final talking point on the offensive side of the football, and it's a big one. Uh, Miles Garrett's pretty good. That's probably an understatement. What are they going to do with Miles Garrett, Maddie? Pray. So the thing for the Chiefs when it comes to Miles Garrett, or what the Steelers did, they sent a lot of extra help at Miles Garrett. They have probably better tackles, although I do know Andrew Villanueva struggled a little bit this year for them, but they probably have better tackles than the Chiefs currently do right now. But they still sent extra help at Miles Garrett the whole game. They doubled him, they chipped him, they left guys in specifically to help block him. And it went well. Like, they did a good job shutting Miles Garrett down. They were able to handle the rest of the Browns' pass rush. The problem is Andy Heck, the Chiefs' offensive line coach, that's not his style. He likes to just go ahead and leave his tackles out on an island versus pass rushers. Doesn't matter how good or bad they are. He doesn't change that a lot for too many different things. It doesn't matter the matchup. You're going to get Rimmers. You're going to get Fisher one-on-one with Miles Garrett plenty throughout this game. And you just have to hope they hold up just long enough. If you can survive Miles Garrett, if you can convince Heck to help him to give a little bit of assistance, their next best pass rusher is maybe Sheldon Richardson on the interior or Adrian Claiborne. With Olivier Vernon's injury, they don't have another good pass rusher to pair with Miles Garrett. It makes them really one-dimensional as a pass rush unit. It's just going to be up to the Chiefs to adjust what they normally do, I think, to counter him the best way possible. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's undeniable what this guy can bring to the table. And I think you 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 might have to adjust in-game. Like I think that's one thing that I think you've seen Andy Reid do at times is they'll just kind of adjust in-game. They'll, they'll kind of let it ride out early in the game, see what happens, and then if things come to a point where they have to account for him later in the game, they might do things a little bit different protection-wise. Uh, I do anticipate early on. You'll probably see them try to get the ball out of his hands a little bit. Um, it'll be interesting to see you know where he lines up 
and uh, what kind of impact he's able to make on the game. Yeah. Uh, Larry Ojojobi, uh, Sheldon Richardson, Adrian... What was that name? Yeah, you heard me. Adrian... No, I want to hear it again. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. This is my favorite part of podcasting. Adrian Claiborne. Don't you dare leave out Porter Gustin. And Porter Gustin. And Maddie's guy, Porter Gustin. That's not a that's not a murderer's row of pass rushers, and that might mean if if the Browns can't get pressure, if the Chiefs really focus on taking away Miles Garrett, you might see them blitz some of these linebackers. Guess what? The Browns are not particularly good when they're blitzing either. They have not been good on the season when they've blitzed. Patrick Mahomes is excellent when he is blitzed. Just again. All of these things that we're talking about, it's just a really, really poor matchup on this side of the ball for Cleveland because everything that they can try and do is not is going to be able to be taken away fairly easily, and the Chiefs are just really going to match up really well. So Miles Garrett, if they can neutralize him, there's not a whole lot else that they'll have going on. Players to watch on the offensive side of the ball, boys. Okay, mine's Travis Kelsey. Um, it, it, for the simple reason from what Matt said earlier. Uh, they're bad in the middle of the field. They're bad against tight ends. They're bad on third downs. I think that Travis Kelsey is going to get volume opportunities. Like, I'm thinking 11 to 14 targets, and maybe most of those early, and they're going to move the ball a lot. Travis Kelsey is going to get to run at a lot of these poor poor secondary members of the Cleveland Browns. He's going to be able to rack up a ton of yards after the catch. I think he's I think he's due for like a, a Houston Texans playoff style stat line this week. Maybe not three tutties, but a lot of yards, multiple touchdowns. I think that he's going to have a monster monster day for this Chiefs offense. My player to watch, I don't need him to have a monster day. I just need him to not repeat his performance versus the New Orleans Saints or against the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. Eric Fisher, I think he's going to draw a lot of the one-on-one matchups with Miles Garrett. I think when they do line Garrett up over Mike Rimmers, you might see a lot more help from tight ends or running backs, but I do think they trust Eric Fisher to go up against the best of the best one-on-one. I don't need him to shut him down completely. I don't need him to be dominant. I need him to be just good enough that it doesn't allow Miles Garrett to completely wreck the game like we've talked about. Over the middle of the field, you can do the quick game over the middle of the field and take advantage of this Brown secondary, but to start throwing the ball deep downfield, you want to attack this team deep. You want to attack those safeties that Craig was talking about. There are a bunch of linebackers attempting to play deep safety. You want to attack Terrence Mitchell, Kevin Johnson. You want to attack these guys deep. You need a little bit of time for that. So Fisher's going to have to hold up when he gets those one-on-one reps against Miles Garrett just enough to let Patrick Mahomes get the ball out. You're right, Matty. We do want to see the Chiefs attack those unathletic safeties that are trying to play deep. A group that hasn't seen the kind of speed that the Kansas City Chiefs have. A group that's going to be terrified of Tyreek Hill. A group that I fully believe will bust some coverages. And if that's the case, McCole Hardman will be the benefactor. This feels like one of those games where you see McCole get down the field fast on a, and, and, and the opposing, opponent, uh, opponent busting a coverage. This happens a lot. Well, not, it hasn't happened that much this year, but it did happen a couple times this season. It happened more last year. Teams had a hard time with the, the vertical stretch threat of McCole Hardman and Tyreek Hill. And sometimes you can get those teams in conflict with those two players. 
this is not and this this is not a athletic back back into this defense. Good luck trying to run with both of these guys. Good luck trying to stay disciplined with both of these guys. I think this is an opportunity for McCole Hardman to get open, wide open down the field, and for Patrick Mahomes and Hardman to capitalize for a big play. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back with the defensive side of the football right after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Chiefs-Browns divisional round. Just got done talking about the offense. Time to talk about the defense. Craig woke up. Wow. Hmm? Okay, Uh, and that concludes our defensive segment because neither one of these teams do that fastest game preview ever uh i think i think when you're talking about the cleveland browns though craig i think run gap responsibility being you know gap integrity that's got to be at the focal point of this thing yeah uh they've got to start that way they've got to execute that way early but like that's paramount on this side of the ball having anthony hitchens back will help with that but just having Derek Nottie, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Tano Passigno, even, you know, this this is going to be a Ben Neiman game, whether anybody likes it or not. He's going to be playing the Sam, but these guys who know the gaps that they're supposed to be in, plug the gaps that they're supposed to be in, like build that wall up front and, you know, make Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt have to be corralled. Don't allow them to, you know, bounce outside. Don't allow them to be able to, cut and hit a hole with a single cut and get, you know, Nick Chubb into space, into the third level as effortlessly as he was against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They just have to build that wall up front with those guys. And doing that requires everybody to be on the same page, everybody to fit their gaps properly off of each other, understanding that, you know, the things that the Browns do, they do a lot of stuff. They they mix a lot of stuff in their run game. It's very diverse. You got to just stay home. You got to stay sound. Don't try and go out of your way to make a play that would hurt the defense. It's the do your job plus mentality that they talked about last year. Line up, fit the run first, then go make a play. It's just paramount that they do that early because if they stuff them early, this game could get out of hand in a hurry that's the hard part of this game is the browns run game is really diverse you're not just getting like i think people look at stefanski and assume you're just getting a lot of outside zone which you are especially with those two running backs they put their foot in the ground they find the right gap and they explode through it 
but they're throwing out traps, counters. They will run power straight at you. So this defensive line's got to be ready. You can't just anticipate getting to shoot gaps laterally and slide in between some reach blocks. Like You're not going to be able to just use your quickness play after play to disrupt this run game. You will have to maintain a gap. You will have to work through contact, locate the ball, disengage. It's going to be a little bit of a slower game versus the run for some of these defensive linemen that do prefer to play a little bit quicker. That being said, like Craig said, if you can slow them down early, if you can hold them up, they do. They will peel away from it a little bit. You slow down some of the, the play-action passing. You make Baker Mayfield uncomfortable things that we are going to talk about here in a little bit. But everything for this Browns team starts with that run game. You really need the defensive line to be on their A game and ready to go because they're going to have to decipher a lot of different stuff. I would love the Chiefs to come out with one of those patented New England game plans where they're playing a bare front or they're playing a tight front. Just mix up the entire front that you play with on some downs just to mess with the blocking angles because the Browns won't be expecting it because it's not something the Chiefs usually do. It would just be fun to see Brendan Daly's fingerprint all over this game as he is the run game coordinator. Yeah, this is the this week's kind of one of those prime examples in one of those, you know, what Steve Spagnolo talks about earn the right to rush the passer. This is the kind of week he's talking about. These are the kind of games he's talking about. You've got to be sound in your gaps early. Get these teams behind the sticks. Put yourself in a situation where you can pin your ears back and rush the passer. And that's the second storyline. This pass rush, we saw some signs of life the last time we saw Frank Clark and Chris Jones on the field together. I hope it continues. Craig, do you think we see it continue this week? I think we could. Um, If I hadn't seen this team look okay in its pass rush against the New Orleans Saints, I'd be a little more shaky. But that New Orleans Saints team has a good offensive line, and Chris Jones and Frank Clark were able to disrupt Drew Brees. Like They were able to get him off of his spot. So yes, while this Cleveland Browns team does have a good offensive line that may be missing Jack Conklin, we'll see. I think that they are going to be able to get some pressure up the middle with Chris Jones. We know that Baker Mayfield, especially when he's working off the play action, is going to try and do some deeper drops, going to try and bootleg out a little more stuff like that. I don't know that Steve Spagnuolo is going to feel like he needs to blitz because they do some of these late leaks with running backs out to the flat and that puts Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt in space with nobody there because somebody's blitzing. So I think he might rely on the four-man rush a little more than we've seen him throughout the season averages here. I think they can do it. I think the Baker Mayfield gets rattled really easily with any, you know, a faint bit of pressure in his face. So if Chris Jones can kind of get behind the line of scrimmage early, we may say Baker Mayfield you know, turtling a little bit more, trying to escape the pocket a little more rapidly, and that's going to make him a lot more inaccurate. That's going to play into the, what the Chiefs do well. So the Cleveland Browns as a whole are, like the Chiefs, a very good team in terms of preventing sacks. They're one of the best 10 teams in the league in terms of their sack percentage. So Baker Mayfield does not get sacked very often. But as Craig just put it, you pressure Baker Mayfield, 
he gets rattled. He gets a little squirrely back there. He gets antsy. He He's capable. He's athletic enough to escape some pressure to get out of the pocket and make some plays. But you start hitting him. You start getting in his face. He starts doing that a lot earlier and a lot more often. That's how you get some of these plays where Baker Mayfield's going to start holding on to the football. He's going to give Frank Clark. He's going to give Chris Jones, Alex Ogafor, whoever. He'll give them time to get to him. You just have to pressure him and get him off his timing. If he gets to drop back, hit his you know third step, his fifth step, and get the ball out immediately, he's going to be fine. But you start to rattle him a little bit. He plays like an entirely different player. This will be a big test. In the past, Frank Clark's fared very well against Jack Conklin. He has pretty much worked him over numerous times. Now you're getting a hampered Jack Conklin if he plays at all. That's a pretty good matchup. Across from him, Jedrick Wills is a rookie. He's been pretty high up there in terms of offensive holding penalties all year long. So while he may not let you get the sacks, you can beat him for some negative plays. Put the Browns behind the sticks with some pressure. Rattle Baker Mayfield. You're going to be doing your defense a lot of favors as the you get to third down. One of the things with the, the a wrinkle that kind of just puts you know all of this kind of into perspective and something that's going to make this a, as a whole in its totality difficult is our final talking point. Play action. Uh, this team, they're a play action heavy team. They're a play action boot heavy team. Baker Mayfield, extremely successful moving out of the pocket. You you got to be sounding your run gaps. You got to try to find ways to affect the pressure or to affect the the passer. But then you also got to handle play action, Maddie. So the Cleveland Browns are one of the top ten teams in terms of the number of play action route pass plays that they run. They are number three in efficiency, so they're very good when they run play action. This is when Baker Mayfield is at his best. Now, which quarterback is not at his best when your play action pass is working with a great run game? I don't know. I haven't found them, but. If you're not able to play, if you can't play play action properly, if your linebackers get sucked out of position, if your DBs aren't doing what they're supposed to do, Baker Mayfield has shown that he's able to make you pay. So the coverage has to be ready for it. Linebackers have to play very close to the vest. They can't get too aggressive versus the run while also making sure they're stuffing all the run gaps. It's a hard, it's a hard challenge to do. I think what you can see a lot, though, Chris Jones... We talk a lot about gap assignment responsibility from him. It's not always there. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Regardless, if he's going to play aggressive, you need him to attack Baker Mayfield when he breaks the line of scrimmage. It doesn't matter. If he hits the wrong gap and the run's you know going away from him or something, if he can't make a play on it, just go after Baker Mayfield on the chance that it's play action. Let Chris Jones be the guy dedicated to chase Baker Mayfield because that's what he wants to do anyway. Let him do it disrupt the play action from the interior it's a spot that it's less likely to happen but that's essentially a way Aaron Donald has made his hay in the NFL for some play action passes go after the quarterback if you break that interior offensive line make Baker Mayfield run away from you somebody has to be assigned that role let it be Chris Jones yeah especially when Baker Mayfield gets done with his play action fake and spins around and there's 300 pound Chris Jones you know a couple feet away from him and that's a good way. Six five, Chris. Yeah, Jones. that's that's a good, good way. Good luck to five five Baker. <laughs> that's a good way to get off of your play action passing game. You know, if the Chiefs are going to dedicate something to that, if they don't, if they're trying to build the wall, which you know is more of a Brendan Daly, Steve Spagnuolo type of thing, you might see these linebackers be a little more hesitant coming forward to stuff the run, maybe content to 
to meet the offensive lineman a yard or two downfield, knowing that they don't want to get sucked up too quickly because the Browns like to run, you know, stuff in the middle of the field, crossers in the middle of the field, a little deeper overs right in between the linebackers and the safeties. That's where Baker Mayfield makes his hay. He's able to attack that middle of the field, drop it over the linebackers who are sucked up due to play action. Again, like Maddie said, all quarterbacks do this well. It's not like it's some sort of novel thing that Baker Mayfield is, you know, a one of a kind at. But because that run game is so good, you have to respect it so much. Teams put that extra guy in the box, and then you got a single deep safety with a couple corners on the outside. You run a couple guys over the middle of the field after play action, all of a sudden that's wide open, and there's space to run, big chunk yardage to get. You have to respect that. You have to make sure that you identify the play plenty early. I just think that that's a spot that can really, you know, get after the Chiefs early, especially if if the Browns are going to start doing it on early downs. But the way to get them off of it, make it to where the Browns running the ball doesn't matter anymore. And then you just send your horses after Baker Mayfield all game long because you're up multiple scores and the run game doesn't matter. Hashtag offense. A uh, couple of things Steve Spagnuolo talked about today in his presser, building the wall, like you said, Craig. The other thing you talked about specifically with this play-action pass is the eye discipline. Good eyes across all 11 guys. It's the key to this. Is You've got to play with good eye discipline with all the stuff that this team can throw at you with the boot game. Uh, you know, Steve Spagnuolo basically came out and said the only real misdirection that this team has is Baker Mayfield and the play-action pass. So that's something you've got to be extremely mindful of. This has got you got you, you play disciplined, you play gap sound, you earn the right to rush the passer. You're going to have a lot of success this week, especially since this team's going to be lighting the scoreboard up. Players to watch, boys. We got Craig. I'm going with Anthony Hitchens. He's back off the COVID list. He's back in the middle of the field. He's leading this defense. He's adjusting fronts. Cleveland is going to throw everything that they can at the Chiefs early because they know that they need to hang with this team and they need to do it early. Anthony Hitchens is going to be that that linchpin in the center of the defense that adjusts and limits the damage that Cleveland can do. If he has the sort of game that we expect him to have based on some of the other ones that he had to finish out the year against some good running teams, I think that this game could be over quickly just because Anthony Hitchens is playing well and having everybody else in the right gaps, having everybody else play well. I think that Damian Wilson getting back, Ben Neiman is the Sam when they are in this base defense. I think those three guys are going to play off of each other really well. We know that they're smart. We know that they're gap fillers and not necessarily stud playmakers, but honestly, this is a game where you want gap filling linebackers like that this is the prime time for these guys to show up and be just who they are and anthony hitchens is the leader of that group i expect him to have a good game so if the browns are to win this game if the browns are going to come out and score enough points to beat the chiefs offense that is going to light up their terrible defense like a christmas tree it won't be because of the run game it won't be because of baker mayfield it will be because of jarvis landry Jarvis Landry over the last three weeks continuously is getting matched up on linebackers, especially on third downs, but the vaunted empty formations from the Cleveland Browns keep getting him matched up on linebackers. You can't do that if you're the Chiefs. 
you take the second best quarterback in the entire NFL, Legereus Sneed, and you shadow Jarvis Landry anywhere he goes with him, as long as it's not outside. I would follow him outside. I don't care. But anytime he's in the slot, Legereus Sneed is the man covering Jarvis Landry. You keep his yards per target down to five, six yards, which Jarvis Landry is more than willing to give you because that's what his career's been you're fine. You're golden. It's when you start giving up the five-yard pass but allow him to run 10 yards after the catch because you're covering him with Anthony Hitchens or Ben Neiman. Can't do that. Legereus Need has been an impact player, one of the best players on this Chiefs defense down the stretch. Put him in the most important position to shine, such as covering Jarvis Landry, especially on third downs, especially when the Browns go empty. Make sure you get a defensive back on him, and I think Sneed's going to be your best option. I think he's got the physical capabilities to really mess with Jarvis Landry's route tree. Guys, it remains to be seen if Jack Conklin is going to play. It, I, We don't know. We're not for sure. As of this point, he has not practiced this week. But what I do know is if the most overrated right tackle in all of football does try to play, he is in for some work. Because I I don't remember who said it on the mailbag, but it's Shark Week. Frank the Shark Clark, the last time these two matched up, Frank had some words to say afterwards because he was in the AFC Championship game with a T-shirt on telling everybody to shut up and, and, and quoting that. I am so excited to watch Frank Clark and the most overrated right tackle in football, Jack Conklin, hurt, not, I don't care. I want to see this man go out and do some work. I want to see him in Baker Mayfield's face. And I want to see him be playoff Frank because I think playoff Frank's a thing, frankly. See what I did there? Prediction time. What you got, Craig? Since Patrick Mahomes has taken over as the Chiefs quarterback, the average margin, the score margin in playoffs games is 10.8 points in the Chiefs' favor. Is that good? Per game. That includes a loss. Like, the Chiefs have routinely put their best foot forward in the playoffs with Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback. I don't expect that to change. He is motivated. This team is ready to show up and annihilate a Browns defense that is not good. So when the Chiefs put up all these points and the Browns have to evacuate their run game, what's left to do except lose big in a blowout to the Chiefs? (laughs) I've got the Chiefs winning 42 to 24. And before anybody gets mad, go and listen to Charles Robinson and Therese Paler talk about how if the Browns hold the Chiefs under 35, it's a success. They're going to put up points. The Chiefs are. I think they're going to put up big, big points. I think this is an absolutely godsend of a matchup for the Kansas City Chiefs. You have one of the worst defenses in the NFL, specifically passing defenses, specifically covering the middle of the field and the deep pass against the team that has the best tight end in football, the best deep threat in football, and the best quarterback that's ever existed in the universe in Patrick LeVon Mahomes. 
you were telling me that that Browns team, no matter how hyped they may be, no matter how personal it may be, is going to come out there and stop that team from scoring? No. Craig convinced me. I had the Chiefs scoring 35. That's a lie. They're scoring 45. They're going to win 45 to 20. I actually think the Chiefs defense shows up pretty big here. Anytime the Chiefs defense plays an offense, it's very one-dimensional, which don't get me wrong. The Browns very much are a one-dimensional offense. (laughs) Everything they do throwing the football is set up by the run game. When the Chiefs play one-dimensional offenses, they do good. They play really well. They can key in on that one aspect of football very well. I think the Chiefs come out. I think the Chiefs are hyped. I think they are ready. No, not because of anything said to the media, but because of their own, you know, impersonal goals, their desires to win again. Chiefs come out, they win 45-20. It's not even a game. I want to make sure to give Hunter Erickson credit uh, at underscore at Hunter underscore ER115. He was the first person, I think, by an hour uh, to, to share this uh, screenshot. And then I saw a bunch of other big accounts just trying to piggyback off of what he found. Um, so I'm going to make sure to give Hunter Erickson credit for this, but he noticed something. Uh, it looks like Odell Beckham's tweet. And the tweet reads, don't be surprised this weekend when they win. Just throwing it out there. Referring to the, the Browns. Tw- referring to the Browns. Referring to, of course he's referring to the Browns. He is a Brown. The last, if you go to the like, sure? the like section, <laughs> maybe. If we go to the like section of Patrick Mahomes uh, page, that's the last like tweet from Patrick LeVon Mahomes. Don't, you know, they, they say don't poke the bear. Like that's a saying. Don't poke the goat, especially in the playoffs. Patrick LeVon Mahomes is going scorched earth, and it starts this week with a five touchdown pass performance. I think it's going to be around the average margin of victory per Craig. I think it's going to be 38 27, but it's not going to be that close. This game is never going to look that close. And your Kansas City Chiefs are going to the AFC Championship game. And guess what? It's an arrowhead again for the third straight year because you have the best player in the world and you have every reason to puff your chest out. The, dr- the, the journey is just starting. Hang in there. Get ready. January is going to be a lot of fun. And guess what? February is too. That's going to do it for the game preview of the AP Laboratory Divisional Game. We will see you after a double-digit Kansas City Chief victory. Catch you later. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.